You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. What's going on, everybody? This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to episode 46, The Enneagram 7 Youth Worker. We are currently in our 11-episode series called the Youth Worker Enneagram Project. So let's head into today's episode with the featured Enneagram coach and co-host, as well as the Youth Worker guest. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. We are in the midst of our Youth Worker Enneagram Project. And for today's episode, my co-host and Enneagram coach is the one and only Ainsley B. Ainsley, welcome (laughs) back. Thank you. Glad to be here. And our youth worker guest today is my other friend who has also been on the podcast before, my buddy, Zach Workin. Zach, bro, good to see you, man. Always good to see you, Jeff. Always good. Well, man, uh, uh, for those maybe who haven't heard our episode before, uh, can you give us a a brief intro of who you are and then tell us what your Enneagram type is. Yeah, man. So uh, my name is Zach Workin. I think we got to talk a little bit back about about networking and soul care and support, uh, which is my full-time foray into youth work. Now I serve as one of the network leads for Youth Ministry Booster, uh, which is a national conglomerate of folks in masterminds offering soul care, support, and development for youth ministry leaders. Uh, and so we're in the hot middle of this year's season, and we're excited for spring 2021's uh, registration to open here in just a few months. And so I spend my time nurturing, caring, and encouraging youth ministers, youth workers. But before that, spent 15 years in student ministry at churches in Oklahoma and North Carolina and served in rural congregations and suburban congregations uh, and just in a variety of ways of doing student ministry that you probably would imagine of teaching on a Wednesday, pizza on a Sunday, lock-ins on the weekends. And so love student ministry, love what both students and student ministers mean for the kingdom uh, and love finding ways to encourage them uh, with thoughtfulness and soul care and support because it's hard work and often sometimes the work can take a toll on us and so if we can be a community that encourages and supports youth ministers, um, all about that. We got connected via podcasting through different things. And Jeff, we love having your contribution and membership in our fold. And so I am a seven, uh, maybe as pure, I'm about to find out from Ainsley if that's true or not, as pure as a seven can be. Uh, I try to be optimistic about everything, uh, maybe to a detriment, uh, but I love um, being the encouraging voice. I'm happy to always be the first idea, uh, even if it's not the best idea. And sometimes you should usually cut me off because I'm excited to bring the energy to the room. I want to make sure everybody's having a good time. And so uh, that works really well in a room full of middle school students, uh, but also works well in a room full of student ministry that might be sizing each other up. So I'm happy to be that person in the room. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, bro. Uh, Well, Ainsley, give us a brief reminder of what a dominant seven might look like. From what it sounds like, it looks like Zach. So that's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Awesome. So sevens are extroverted, optimistic, versatile, and spontaneous. They are the, um, you know, playful, high-spirited person in the room. And they you know, they have many talents, but they can also sometimes misapply those talents becoming overextended, maybe scattered, scattered, um, and undisciplined. They do constantly seek new and exciting experiences, but 
they can become distracted and exhausted by staying, you know, on the go nonstop. Um, So they typically are a bit impulsive, but at their best, they focus their talents on goals and um, they're very joyous, satisfied, and appreciative. Thanks. That that rings true. (laughs) (laughs) That does sound like Zach. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, bro, let's get to what this looks like for you in ministry and then for our other people listening who might be a seven as well. So Zach, what are some ways you see the characteristics of your Enneagram type being a seven helping you in ministry? Where do you excel based on how God has wired you? Uh, man, encouragement. And I think that's one of the things like honed in the best way. I think there's a season of my life where being the seven encouragement, being the guy on stage with the microphone, bringing the energy. Um, but as I continue to grow and lead, sometimes the energy can come from a different part of the room that like fuels the whole room. And so literally like I am here to bring gas uh, to whatever the vehicle is that might be like in the driver's seat or it might be in the back seat, uh, but to bring fuel for the fire. And so I think um, whatever, if you are resonating with this as a seven, or if you feel like you have that seven on your team, just know that they want to amplify wherever they felt led to go. And so uh, as Ainsley named a little bit, sometimes that can be the wrong direction, uh, but they are the coefficient multiplier to whatever is happening. And so like if the room is at a four and you wish it was like at a nine or a 10, uh, then the seven is the one that will help you get there. Whether that's because we always have music turned on, whether it's because that we're always like hyped and excited. Uh, Sometimes that means we're eager to wear the costume or to play DJ or to be loud or start the chant. Uh, Like that was probably some of the most evident things younger is like I was always very comfortable being the like cheerleader coach as like a student and college leader for like summer camp stuff. Like I actually felt weird if I didn't get to help like contribute to like amping up the party and often got really judgmental if the party wasn't amped to my own liking. Like I remember like going and being like really critical, like "Mm, this was kind of lame. And so just anything to help kind of bring that energy to the room, uh, I think is really important. So if you are the seven listening, would highly encourage you to find ways to channel that apart from being always the person on stage. Like that's really depleting. Like it was like one of the biggest growth, uh, like chapters in my life was not being the guy who had to be in the band and teach, but finding ways to delegate those away to encourage and ramp up the people that were doing that. So having those pre meetings before gathering times, or even before zoom calls to hype up the room, like bring everybody up to your energy level and then release them to do it. Uh, but then also knowing that like, if you aren't that person, there's probably a seven that wants to do it, but they need to be asked. Like that was always the thing. Like if I wasn't in charge, I would really quickly sit on my heels and be like, well, they didn't need me anyway. And so being able to like unleash a seven, like if you have one on your team, it's like, man, like whenever he's in charge of his small group, he's awesome. But when we get together for big group stuff, he like goes to the back of the room or does something else. Or like, she just seems to always be like multitasking. It's because they're waiting for your invitation. And so I would just encourage that way that like the seven has lots of energy to give, but you've got to find a way either to like channel it yourself or like pull it out of other people. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I already, I already want you in my youth room, bro. I need I'm some, here. I'm ready, man. Ask me. I need some energy. <laughs> I'm probably overbooked though, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Coming full circle on that. Uh, So Ainsley, what would you add to that? And maybe anyone listening who is in youth ministry, who's a seven, who has energy, maybe they don't know how to channel it. 
um, you know, um, what would it look like uh, for someone like that to really excel in ministry? Yeah, I I think sevens are so incredibly crucial in youth ministry specifically. It's one of my favorite things to see a seven pop up on stage because they really are what almost they're the cool factor usually because they can make a dead room a party in a heartbeat. So I really love that about sevens. I I love that there's so many different gifts in the kingdom and and there's some types and people who are so incredibly good at one-on-one you know, leadership or, or just intentional relationships and sevens can cast a really wide net, which I think is such a gift. I think sevens can really see the best in such a variety of people and students specifically, especially because students are in such a developmental time in their life, right? Sevens can really reframe anything that a student might see negative about themselves into a positive which is so huge, especially for students who are just discovering who they are and what their identity is. Sevens can really speak life into them. And it's, it's an incredible thing. Um, Zach, I, I am wondering, I'm wondering with your kind of seven experience and uh, what this looks like, because it, it stereotypically a sevens energy would run out if you're in too deep of a conversation right? For too long. So do you feel like that's true? How do you kind of experience that? Uh, So I think maybe the filter I want to give is I love talking about deep things that aren't personal. Uh, And so, but, but not for too long. Right. So that's the, like, uh, I think one of the things that I would share is I like, and maybe that's why I kind of sometimes identify with like middle school ministry more than high school is I'm not afraid to have like a deep conversation for 90 seconds and move on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I, I, I totally, I totally like gel with the seventh grader that from one moment of like playing a video game and yelling headshot and like the next moment being like, yeah, then I don't don't know if my dad's going to come back after Christmas. Like I, I totally get that because it's about somebody else and not me and it's quick it's deep and that like that pacing works with me uh but long extended conversations especially like about myself or about pain like that's where i feel a lot of that begin to like that like the the anxiousness or the like finding an exit really starts to crop up yeah yeah so so deep is good and fast is good and like brief is good but like personal (laughs) extended uh or painful is where it's a little bit maybe uh let's wrap this up yeah yeah, yeah, definitely more of a, a hurdle in mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. ministry, but but in that totally tracks with uh, a seven. So I just love that so much. I love that um, these things. The the enneagram is really a tool that we can identify strengths and weaknesses and use to improve them in our everyday lives. So one thing that I would say as a, a youth worker and um, specifically working with sevens is just like Zach was saying, like ask the seven uh, to really be that shining star, if you will, or hype person, hype guy, hype girl, and make sure to lead them well in that and lead them in their language. And that's even like your yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're a seven and, and you are, are you know, uh, gunning for the stage, 
you are probably have an incredible gift of being on the stage. So go ahead and lead yourself in taking, maybe taking improv classes or an acting class and just figure out how the stage even works. And I know that seven tendencies would be like, no, I got it. Like I can just, what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, and just for the sake of the ministry at large, it would be an awesome thing to do to lead yourself really well and um, really hone your gifts. Um, yeah. So that's one thing that I would, I would say for a seven as well. And I love that. I love Zach that you said, you said it a while ago was something about um, seeing people size each other up in the room mm-hmm. as youth workers. That is so true. And that is such a gift of sevens that they can break that tension. Yeah. You know, because they'll be the first one on stage being like, what's up? We're all imperfect here. Let's party. Right, right, <laughs> you know? right, right. I'm not going to share a personal story, but I will yeah. be humorous for all of us to connect over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that's a really big gift. I think that's awesome that um, that sevens have that gift for sure. Yes, I have definitely met a lot of sevens in my youth ministry life. Uh, and the poll that we based uh, this series on, uh, sevens were in the top three. So two. I'd have to imagine there's a natural sevens. draw because I mean, I mean, like like the energy of students, pizza, planning parties, yeah. outings, adventures. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sevens were the third highest. Okay. Uh, over fourteen percent of the people polled. Uh, were sevens. And uh, so, yeah, I I agree that sevens are crucial. And as someone who's not a seven, I've appreciated sevens who were volunteers or leaders when I was a student who really stepped in and allowed to kind of bridge that gap for people just stepping in or people who have been there for a long time and just needed a little boost when you're there for a Wednesday or a Sunday and you're more than just tired. You're kind of in a lull spiritually. Sevens give that nice punch in the arm. And I would just ex- express personally that like um, that's a boost for them too. And yeah. I think that's something that's really important is that um, I know that like every variant and has like there's some complexity and wings to things. But like I just feel like more often than not, uh, every seven is the extroverted definition of being around people supercharges them. And so to have them in a room full of 12, 20 or 120 people and to ask them to like sit idly by, like you are actually like draining them and not recharging them. So even if it's the seven student doing the announcements or like getting to like call out the songs for like the pre-gathering DJ playlist or to be in charge of like, like give them some kind of opening or opportunity, but and maybe we'll talk about this in the next section, but help define it and hone it so they don't feel s- scattered running all over because they will if you don't like give them boundaries. And so, yeah, yeah. So we've, we've kind of alluded to it um, a little bit, but so Zach, on the flip side, what are some ways that you see being a seven makes ministry hard or difficult? Where do you need extra focus and help? everything's fun. So why not do everything until you mm-hmm. run out? Uh, like, like as much as like, I feel like I am the energy and in the gas, uh, the things that I'm learning and really haven't learned well until the last couple years is that like, even that energy is a finite resource. And so knowing where to expend it, uh, and that sometimes the healthiest yes is a no. 
Uh, I think most sevens are excited for every possible adventure that there could be. Like I would eat out every day if I could. If I could drink all of my coffees somewhere cool, I would. Uh, but one of the things that um, can be really like uh, uh, derooting or like uh, kind of putting a seven into kind of a spin uh, is to not having some real like good boundaries or like rooted practices. So that's one of the things that sometimes I'll find myself going, 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 and I look over my shoulder and realize that I have like burnt through uh, and not got done the things that I had committed to do because I had said yes to everybody and ran out of time to get the things done uh, that I said yes to every fun opportunity. And so if you are listening and feel wired that way, I would just encourage you um, to have some little practices of like, I'm only going to try to get three things done a day, or I'm not going to make plans more than 24 hour notice, right? Like as much as like the spontaneity is good, like having a window of <laughs> is probably healthier. Um, but then also being able to hone a few things and not try to do everything. I, I would I, I want Ainsley to weigh in and give feedback, but I would just, maybe openly confess as a moment of growth, uh, being, being wired fully as a seven uh, means you're really prone to be uh, consumptive of whatever might be your vice. And so like we, um, I will not watch TV. I will binge watch TV. Yeah. I will not, uh, I, I will, I will snack all day. Like it's one of those, like if, there, if there's a thing that I like and it's pleasurable, I will do it. I will not say no to myself. And so the fruit of the spirit of self-discipline is the hardest one to learn because our joy juice is so much. Well, I don't know, whatever funny thing that is like, but like, there's just, there's a, a thing that has to be cultivated that is not going to feel natural because it's going to feel imposed. And that may have to come from a source outside yourself because it's really hard to have some of those things in place um, and learn them on your own. And so. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Ainsley, how would you uh, expound upon that for any sevens listening who might be struggling in ministry? Um, I think Zach really hit the nail on the head. I think it, he, I mean, this, every um, Enneagram type has like a quote unquote seven deadly sin, right? And the the sevens is gluttony. And it's not with food necessarily as we typically think about it, but it's just their vice, exactly what you were saying. It's like all at once um, mm -hmm. immediately. So um, one of those things you know, that he was talking about with growth is really cultivating that self-control and those boundaries. And the best place that I can think of to help you do that, or the best person for you to lean on as a seven is your admin. Whoever yeah. is the admin in your church is more likely going to be able to have those principles and disciplines because they have to keep everything together. So learn from them sit down with them, ask them questions, be like, okay, what, what, do, what does your day look like? Um, and also as you're doing that, keep in mind that spontaneity is truly a gift. I mean, some people, the idea of being spontaneous literally sends them into an, a spiral <laughs> of anxiety. So it isn't a bad thing to feel spontaneous and to enjoy those things in life. So just finding that balance of spont spontaneous, uh, joys and disciplines that will really help you grow as a person. Um, but yeah, I mean, admins are truly angels from heaven. Um, somebody who 
helps me in my everyday work. She's a five and seven's my second highest number. So I very much relate to seven tendencies. Mm -hmm. And so I literally sit down with her and I'm like, how does your brain work? (laughs) Can you just Tell me well, and that's some of the growth course, brain. right? For for the, the seven to move to five, I think is to be able yep. to shore up not just interests in things, but like like competencies and proficiencies. Like some of my favorite friends are 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 my guys that are really good at something. Cause I always feel like I'm like a B minus at everything. That was always my joke in like playing in bands in college, is that I was like the B minus musician with every instrument. So it was like, oh, cool, there's a better bass player. I guess I'll go play guitar or whatever. It was always like I was just happy to be a part and never really great at something. Thing because that's a real dangerous risk for a seven is to like stop doing something over here to really commit to this because it might not work out. Like that's where I feel like sevens are really terrible gamblers because they would just put their money out on everything. 50 on red, 50 on black. I'm going to win. Yeah, but you're also going to lose. And I think that's something to like really know about yourself is like where to like double down on things or else you're just going to keep churning through um, whatever it is you commit your time and energy to. Yeah, my stepdad is an Enneagram seven and he always says, I'm good at everything, great at nothing. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what you're talking about. So I love that you said that. <laughs> I would echo the uh, need for fives and uh, for guys in youth ministry, guys or girls like me uh, who don't have a church admin where you have to kind of flex that muscle yourself. Uh, one of our One of our associate pastors is definitely a five and he edits all of my articles for me. Yeah. God bless him. Oh my gosh. He comes through in the clutch for me and (laughs) he kind of helps me uh, be able to focus on things. And he's in charge of the preaching calendar. He's in charge of our communication. And yeah, you definitely need people with those administrative tendencies and gifts in your life. And I think even calling it an editor is right, Jeff, because it's not a lack of energy or ideas. It's trimming it down to what's most important. I mm-hmm. think that that's a that's a good if you if you if you are if you are feeling seven wired and you don't know who your editor is, then you need to find an outside force or source that can help edit both life and content and hobbies for you. My, my brother, my brother is that for me in some ways. He jokes that I'm a carousel of hobbies and I just tell him <laughs> that like eventually it'll all come back around. And so that's amazing. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, um, so let's uh, end with wings. Um, so Zach, do you have a dominant wing? And if not, which wing do you most register with and then we'll let Ainsley talk about what a wing is. But what is your wing, my friend? So I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record saying I feel pretty pure uh, and and unfiltered to be seven only. If I have to choose, there's probably a nubbin of an eight because there are some things that I feel pretty protective about. Um, but for the most part, like for all of the like quizzes and books and interviews, uh, pretty purely seven. I think the word for this episode now is nubbin. I really nubbin. Like that word. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so Ainsley, uh, what is a wing? If uh, you can remind people who might not have heard our, our other episodes and what would wings look like for a seven? Yeah, I always say that wings are the salt and pepper to your personality type. They're the numbers adjacent to your main type. So a seven's wings would be six or eight. The seven wing six is called the entertainer. And the seven wing eight is the realist. So really, 
in determining your wing, just read through the six and the eight, see which personality traits you might most relate to, but you can go between them. You can pull from your wings um, at any time in any situation. And that's what's so cool about them is that you can typically have a dominant one, but you always have access to either one. Um, You know, a a six might be a little bit more sensitive. uh, Eight might be a little bit more, uh, a little bit less anxious. So those are just kind of um, two little salt and peppers that you can kind of add to the main course of your personality type and access both of those at any time um, in whatever situation you might see fit that might need them. Okay. Yeah. And Zach, you you kind of talked about that just a second ago, but also just as you were describing how you see yourself as a seven, you know, and I definitely see you as the entertainer. Um, And as someone who really has started thinking about Enneagrams more myself and uh, thinking about this series, I have thought about, you know, how do I pull from um, my other wing where I don't really see myself primarily there, but I can resonate with people who have that. And I kind of recognize that. And I I love that salt and pepper language. Um, One, because food, uh, but uh, also because that analogy and the way that we look at this, that example lends itself more to how the Enneagram is a tool and it doesn't show us our identity. You know, mm. we've said yeah. that a few times in this series, but we need to remember um, and looking back at the origins and thinking about who we are in Christ, our identity is in Christ. We are hidden in Christ. Yep. And this is simply um, a great tool to show us how God has wired us because we can see other people who he has wired in similar ways, although each of us is still unique. And yet in his image, we are the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So we'll see people who have those tendencies, but even though we're a seven or a five or whatever else, um, we can see how each of us have slightly different tendencies and just the way that God wired us. Absolutely. Zach, man, thank you so much for hopping on here today. Yeah, but uh, always love having you on, man. Uh, Ainsley, thank you for co-hosting again. Of course. And uh, I'm looking forward to our future interviews. So thank you both, and we'll uh, talk to you later. Thanks, guys. Yeah. That concludes today's episode. Thanks again to Ainsley, our Enneagram coach, and Zach, our youth worker guest. If you check out the show notes, there you will find links to their websites. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. And remember, you can catch all of the episodes in this series, if you missed any, at our website, youthministrymaverick.com. You can also find a comprehensive list of our guests, their bios, lists of organizations in youth ministry to help you in your own ministry. There's also a store where you can buy some items and help fund the podcast to continue its work. We also really appreciate if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. And if you do that, take a screenshot before you hit submit, send it to me, and I will mail you a personal thank you along with some merchandise that you can't get on the website. So please go and do that. I'm excited to continue this series. Um, Remember, every Tuesday and Friday, there's a new episode with a new guest and some practical information for you. That's all for now. So until next time, thanks for listening. Adios.